بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم نحمده ونصلي على رسوله الكريم ما بعد ونبي هريرة رضي الله تعالى عنه قال قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم عليك السمع والطاعة في عسرك ويسرك ومنشطك ومكرهك وأثرة عليك رواه مسلم أبو هريرة رضي الله تعالى عنه narrates that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Alayka, as we mentioned previously, the word Allah in this context carries the meaning of compulsion. In other words, it is ordained upon you, it is compulsory upon you. As-sam'u wa ta'a, to listen and to obey. Whoever is given position of authority over you, the shariat demands that we listen and obey fi usrika wa yusrik regardless of the situation in ease and in adversity whether it is something that pleases you or something that displeases you wa atharatin alayk and whether others are given preferential treatment over you yesterday we mentioned the incident with regards to the emphasis of obeying, obeying the Amir. And we find that these usul and principles, when our jamaats go out in the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, this hidayat that is given, that obey the Amir in every instance and circumstance, we find that this is extracted directly from the ahadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. We can see how many ahadith when in Rabia Pak sallallahu alayhi wa sallam enjoined upon the Sahabi Kiram that whoever is, whether it is one's leader for practical purposes, that is in an Islamic state or in a country or in a town or a village, or whether it is for dini purposes, ulama or spiritual leaders, likewise your sheikh, likewise your teacher, Likewise, when you go in Jamaat, go out in the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the person that is appointed as the Amir, we find that this hidayat is given over and over again, that we have this jazba or the zeal of itaat, that obey. Obviously, pride is something that becomes an obstacle to this. That who is he to tell me and why should I listen to him? Or oh, why is my opinion not being taken? Or oh, why am I not being treated the way I should be treated? We find that shaitan puts these thoughts in one's heart. And for our tarbiyat to be made, for humility to come in us, and more important than anything else, for the unity to be preserved. One is unity of purpose, and the other is unity of the hearts. What we call ittihad fikr One is ittihad e fikr is unity of purpose and object. And ittihad e qalb is unity of the hearts. For there to be muhabbat, for there to be love, for there to be jor, for there to be unity, it is imperative that in whatever circumstance it may be, that one amir is obeyed. So that way, the unity of the jamaat is preserved. As I was mentioning yesterday, Karl Guzari of an incident many, many years ago, this alim very, very Purana Sati, two times one and a half years, three times one year in the path of Allah. And I asked him that, what salient incident can you mention 
that will be of particular benefit. So, so many years, five years in the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and this is the one thing that he mentions, that jamaats that were gathered in Raiwin prior to being sent for one year in the path of Allah, were given intensive hidayat for many, many days, 15 days on that occasion. And on the last day, Bhagavad Sahib rahmatullahi he came out and he addressed the jamaats. This is just prior to them leaving for one year out in the path of Allah. 150 or 160 jamaats. And he mentioned this and said that, Jo kuch mene in pandra din mein kaha sab kuch bhool jau. Whatever I've told you for the last 15 days, forget it. In other words, intensive hidayat, hours and hours, hours and hours of hidayat, of guidelines, how to spend your time, etc. Like I mentioned yesterday, it didn't literally mean forget it. But if you forget everything else, don't forget this one thing. And what he said, what is so important, that don't ever forget this. He said, Amir ki itaat, obeying the Amir. Obeying the Amir, like we saw in this hadith, Alayka sam'u wa ta'a, fi usrika wa yusrik, wa man shatika wa makrahik. Islam said, Alayka, it is compulsory upon you to listen and to obey. Itaat ke jazba, manne ke jazba, develop this jazba and the zeal of obedience within you. Follow what, whoever is your spiritual guide. Follow whoever has been given a position of authority over you. And then there's Ali went on to mention his own personal experience. He said, once I was out for one year in the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And he said this, whenever shaitan wants to bring about tor or disunity in a jamaat, and I'm digressing, Hazrat Imam al-Hassan sahab rahmatullahi Normally, when the Jamaats used to return in Nizamuddin, they would take Karguzari from the Jamaats as to how the time was spent, how long did you sit in Talim, how you went for Gash, all the various aspects of the work, where the brothers waking up for Tahajjud, all these questions would be asked. At the end of all this, before making Dua, Hazaji Rahmatullah himself would come, Inamul Hassan Sahib, and he would just ask one or two questions, and then he would make Dua. One of the Purana Satis, he mentioned that every day that Hazrat would come, there was one question that he would ask every Jamaat. And from this we can understand what the mansha of our elders are, that what are they placing emphasis upon. So he said the one question Hazrat Ji, Munaynam al-Hasan Sahib would ask every Jamaat every day in the Karuzari before making dua, is that brothers you went out for 40 days, you went out for 4 months or whatever period you went out in the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, how much of jor and muhabbat was there in the jamaat? In other words, he would not emphasize so much how your time was spent, but how much of jor and muhabbat. We find that this is a great need in the ummah today. Today the hearts are disunited. There isn't that jor, there isn't that muhabbat, there isn't that desire of goodness for one another. And yet if you look in Quran and Hadith and Seerah, how much of emphasis is placed upon this? Nabi Apaq wanted us to be one ummah wanted us to love each another, have the compassion for each another in the heart, and have that unity, preserve the unity at every cost. So coming back to what this alim was saying, he said, we find that in any jamaat, what shaitan will do is he will try and find one or two satis that are prepared to take on the amir, go against the amir, oppose his rai, oppose his opinion, etc., or not listen to whatever decisions he has made. 
Because if you find one or two people that are prepared to take on the Amir, every person has his own circle. So there will be others that will follow him. And eventually we find that the Jamaat will break down. The time will not be spent correctly because the hearts will be disunited. And when the hearts are disunited, Allah's help is not going to be there. So he was mentioning, he said, once we were out for one year in the path of Allah and there was two Satis particularly that had made it their mission to make the life of the Amir an absolute misery. Speak out against him, do their own thing, cause problems in the Jamaat for the whole year. And he said, you cannot even imagine what and what they put that Amir through. And he said, it's my personal experience. I noticed that after they came back, in a short space of time, the wabal and the curse of that kind of behavior became apparent in their lives. He says, one person today, Allah Ta'ala has taken the tawfiq away from him of even farz namaz. Namaz also has come out of his life. And he said, the other person has become murtad, come out of Islam. And if you contextualize this, you're talking about two people that spent one year in the path of Allah. Pakistan Muslim population is about 200 million. And from that, what percentage is given the tawfiq to spend time in tabliq? Maybe 1% or half a percent. And of that, what tiny percent will be of that level of iman that will go for one year in the path of Allah? That is a percentage of a percentage. So this is the cream of the cream. So far as iman and taqwa and spiritual development is concerned. And yet, the wabal and curse of creating tor and disunity and not having this jazba of itaat and obedience reaches, exhibits itself to such a level that one person, farz namaz comes out of his life despite having such a high level of iman. And the other, Allah protect us, becomes murtad, comes out of the pale of Islam. We find that this is something that is very, very important. Cannot be overstressed the importance of this. Don't become one who causes factions and groups. Don't become one who breaks the, to, breaks the unity of the ummah. Nabi Islam wanted us to be an ummah, wanted us to be united. And an important constituent of bringing about this unity is this alayka bisam'i wa ta'a. Listen and obey, listen and obey in every situation, in every circumstance. And the last thing which Rasulullah mentions in that hadith, وَأَثَرَةٍ عَلَيْكَ Even if preference is given to others, in other words, even if others get preferential treatment, because this is a shaitani chal, that shaitan is a master tactician. He'll not only make you do the wrong thing, he'll convince you that what you're doing is right. And one of the traps that shaitan uses is when whoever is amir, whoever is in a position of authority, when he gives preferential treatment of somebody over you, then now this becomes a justification for you to oppose. Nabi Islam says, no, do not oppose, make sabr. Make sabr even if somebody is given preferential treatment over you. The Ansar of Medina, Allah's Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Specifically, we find in hadith, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam told them that, that, oh my Ansar, after I leave this world, then a time will come when others will be given preferential treatment over you. We find positions of leadership, 
positions of authority, very little was given to the Ansar. It was given to other Sahaba and those that came after them. Ansar generally was sidelined when he came to positions of leadership and authority. Yet, the Ansar asked that, Ya Rasulullah, what must we do? Must we demand our right? Must we take up swords? Must we fight for what is due to us? Nabi Islam said, no. Don't do that. Make sabr. And not just make sabr, what will Allah give you? He said, innakum satalqawna ba'di atharatan. That, oh my Ansar, after me you will find that there will be, that preferential treatment will be given to others over you. Fasbiru. Make sabr. And whatever you have lost out in the dunya, come and collect it from me at the Hose Kosar. So from this, ulama kiram say this is a sunnat, not just for the Ansar, for the entire Ummat till Qiyamah, that whenever others will be given preferential treatment over you, if you will make sabr to preserve the hearts and preserve the unity, then the return and the recompense of it you will get directly from the hands of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam at the hose kosar of Nabi Pak sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So whenever others are given preferential treatment over us, this is a great impetus for us to make sabr and to not let become not become a source of disunity and the hearts of the ummah becoming disjointed. Because this is a sunnat of Allah and this is the promise of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam that in those circumstances if you will make sabr hatta talqawni meet me at the hose kosar and Nabi Pak sallallahu alayhi wasallam himself will give you back many many times more whatever you have lost in the world Allah give us tawfiq subhanahu